Top story of the day. The men retake power in the royal kingdom. Finally. I'm kidding, sort of. That was actually a talking point that I heard in the mainstream media today. A gender inequality talking point. Can you imagine the audacity of that? The queen dies and somebody comes on and their focus is the gender inequality and the leadership in the UK. Unbelievable. That was literally a talking point. My jaw didn't drop all the way to the floor because you kind of expect that. 70 years of women in charge and now a man is going to be in charge. Well, Obviously, the top story of the day is that Meghan Markle could not be happier. Is it the queen died? The queen died today, and the patriarchy is back, baby. Yeah, right, that's a win for the patriarchy. I'm not, <laughs> and I'll talk about this in a second. I seriously, I don't celebrate anybody's death. I really don't. Yeah, I, I don't I just care make jokes about person. it. I know. I'm joking because that's what we do. We make light of stuff like that. But I, there's people who are sad for her who have been affected by this and they're hurting and I feel for them. My heart goes out to them, whether it's people who are in the Royal family or whether it's people who are citizens uh, over there who they showed a lot of man on the street interviews and people were really saddened by it because they see her as a symbolic figure, as a rock and and she is all they've known for their entire lives. So they don't have a conspiratorial view like we do. So even the worst people on the planet, I'm not saying she is the worst people on the planet. I just, I'm not saying she could be a lizard. I, I, I don't know. All I'm saying is that even the most evil people have a mama and, and a papa, and they have people who, who care about them who aren't guilty of their sins. And those people are still in pain and still hurt when that person who might have done things in their life uh, that might not be so good die or could be in gray areas die. So I feel for those people. And I even if you're a bad person, I feel you, you hurt when a loved one dies. So I never celebrate the, the death of anyone. I know that a lot of people disagree with me on that. And I also know that there are certain circumstances, a mass shooting, for example, a Jimmy Seville, for example, where when someone dies, it saves a lot of other people. A lot of other people are better off when that happens. Even in those circumstances, I think that we can be overjoyed that people are safer when something happens while also not celebrating the death of the person who caused the pain in those people who are now safer. Because I I just, we can, both of those thoughts and and emotions can exist at the same time. I personally think that redemption ends, on this plane anyway, when someone dies like that. And it makes me a little bit sad when that happens. I don't know what happens in the next realm, but the fact that that redemption is over, there are instances where people have gone to prison for horrible, horrible crimes, and they have found redemption. They found religion, and they've ended up being within the prison system an inspiration to others. They, they've made it their, their path to stop others from following the same path that they did. So I think that is also an opportunity that is missed. Not that the Queen of England was ever going to go to a prison in the United States or anything like that. And I'm not even saying this about the Queen of England. I'm just saying the general response, <laughs> the way that I respond to things is I never celebrate the death of anyone, even if it's the most evil opposition or enemy to my perspective that exists. I will not celebrate their death. Right for me, for me, I, I definitely understand your uh, your perspective because mine is very similar. Um, I will make tons of jokes, though. Of course, that's just how of I function course. as a human. Definitely, um, and I, I am not. I, I actually advocate that. I don't get offended by any of that. Yeah, uh, but I will say it's it it is finding that and striking that balance um, is 
very hard to do at times because you get the, um, like John McCain, you know, John McCain died. Right. Sigh of relief for all the people that he helped kill. I I had a story about that. Actually, I want you to continue. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. yeah. Um, when, but I would say, you know, like I don't feel particularly awful for, um, Megan McCain because she's just pushing that same crap her dad did. And so it's like, yeah, I don't, I'm I'm not going to celebrate it. It's really sad to me. I had a very big moment when I was like 18 or 19, when uh, Osama bin Laden died and like the concept of celebrating death really was questioned the first time in or the that second moment. time he died, which time? Well, the time they announced it. Okay. Yeah. Um, time. But I, you know, I had to really question myself and how I deal with death, even of enemies and stuff like that. But like if, if Dick Cheney dies tomorrow, um, uh, I'm not going to feel bad for Liz. No, I, I get that. I get that perspective. <laughs> and I, I, I don't, I am in no way a fan of Liz Cheney and yeah. I am in no way a fan uh, of McCain's daughter, but I, I do actually feel for them. E- even yeah. they, even knowing and acknowledging, because I, I've done this for a while now, they, I don't like them. They lie to people. They manipulate people. No. People have gone to wars and fought and died. They, there's been horrible things that you can connect to their family and their actions. Even despite that, I still do feel for them because in those moments, they're human. They're humane. Oh. They are more like us than ever before in those moments. And, yeah, I mean, and those are the most vulnerable moments that human beings can feel. All of that other stuff can be stripped away in, in that pain. Now, now again, I think they should be imprisoned. I think they should have to sit and think <laughs> about the problems that they have and, and hopefully find some sort of redemption in, in the it, long prison term for the rest of their life that they they, they have to endure. But I, I, I do feel I don't like Meghan McCain at all. Like one of the least I, I can't think of. There's very few people I can think that I like less than Meghan McCain. There's a few, but I do feel for her in those moments. Yeah, and the libertarian libertarian story that I saw, and I don't want to go too deep into this, but it was funny to me because it's like, wow, the libertarians finally made the mainstream media. And I had the clip; I don't have it on me right here. I had it a couple weeks or about a week and a half ago. It was CNN State of the Union. It wasn't Tapper; it was the other girl who uh, Bash Dana Bash, and she was interviewing. I think it was the governor of New Hampshire, and he's a Republican. He's an acceptable Republican. He's a mainstream Republican, and she was saying, real quick, uh, Governor, what, what, what about the Libertarian Party in your state, New Hampshire, who tweeted this out, and they showed the tweet of Meghan McCain over the casket, the one that went viral on Twitter that caused some conflict in the Libertarian community, and she put him on the spot. He denounced it, said it was awful, and it did it put an interesting thought in my head that, look, I, if if... I don't care what you think on that either. It doesn't bother me. If, if you're happy about that, if you think it's funny, great. I, I, I'm all for jokes. If you are opposed to it, if you don't think it's funny, if you'd rather not do something like that, I, I, that's fine to me too. I'm fine either way. But I felt for libertarian candidates, and I felt like even if they didn't intend to, that tweet has put candidates for office who are libertarians during the midterms, Ted Metz, for example, in a situation that that's kind of, that makes it even more difficult for them than it already is. So you're already up against it as a libertarian candidate, right? And nobody ever talks about libertarians, except this time, except when it's easy to make them seem extremely radical. And, and to the Twitter account of the New Hampshire Libertarians' credit, they did say, hey, we're radicals. So, you know, they openly stated that. However, 
what the media wants to do is they want to paint every libertarian as a radical who should not even even worse than an election denier quote election denier and i just can see a circumstance where if i am the opposition if i'm a democrat or republican i just want to go ahead and get rid of the libertarian the first question i ask is did you denounce that tweet or do you support that tweet because either way it f's over in my opinion that candidate running for office because if they say that they support it and they agree with it Yes, they're going to get wild support for that sect of the Libertarian Party, which is not going to win them anything. It's going to win them nothing. Now, if they just want to spread the ideas out there, that's a different story. But if they're trying to win something, it gets them, it alienates most people while getting radical support for a, a small group that will not enable them to win. Now, if they say the opposite, they say, I denounce it, then what that gets them is complete backlash and, and just, I mean, visceral hate almost from some certain libertarian sects of social media which causes them to lose that portion which then makes it still makes it harder so either way it's a lose-lose situation if that question is presented to candidates who are actually trying to win as a libertarian that 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 was my initial thoughts on that i am sure that you saw all, all of that on twitter as well i did you know what my initial thought was though what i hate it when libertarian accounts steal my jokes um because <laughs> Let's. So this is the thing. Uh, one of the recurring jokes that I've had since 2018, well, really since 2019, um, is that August 25th is a national holiday because that's the day John McCain died. And I, I've joked about it consistently for right. years. Happy holidays. I even tweeted happy holidays that day. And I know the guy who runs that LP account. It's Jeremy Kaufman. Oh, you and think he I, saw some of your I, tweets? Yeah, he liked my tweet oh, and then man. borrowed it. Um, but yeah, no, so that's that's been my joke for a while. I'm not Honestly, actually celebrating the man's death. I do think like joke stealing is an offense that should be well, I don't agree with the death penalty. <laughs> I don't I don't actually care. It's if if I like prosecuted everyone who's who's stolen a joke in the libertarian segment of social media, I could have a couple million dollars, I think. But um, I just thought it was really funny to see that because I'm like, that's my joke, man. Freaking LP people. Uh, yeah, only if you had tweeted it, you could have been back on Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> but no, that's the the joke is, you know, when that happened, we made a lot of of McCain jokes the day of, and I was in a Facebook group at that point, and there were a lot of people that um, got us so offended at the jokes, not at any like true celebration, but jokes that they all like rage quit the, the group. And so the joke from there was it was a holiday and I had it as an event every year. Like this is, this is my stupid joke. And I just love that Megan McCain saw it. <laughs> she did. And, and she didn't. Um, yeah. She wasn't happy about it. And, and again, I, my, my analysis of that is, is simply based on, if there's libertarians running that are trying to actually win, and I know that they're already up against it, if it's about just spreading a message, spreading a, a, a position, then that does a good job of spreading that position. But I, I am I am in no way sensitive to any jokes like that. I might not yeah. agree with them necessarily, but I'm in no way sensitive to it. I remember it went – do you remember the Virginia Tech shooting? I think 32 people died. It was yeah, the Asian guy. 2007 or something like that. Yeah, a long time ago. That, that was back when I – had moved shortly after I'd moved back to Atlanta from Chicago and I was doing, I, was, I started doing improv in Atlanta. The, the day that that happened, 
uh, we were doing a show and somebody in the audience, it always happens, and, and you you kind of prepare for the craziest suggestions. So any, I even yeah. made a, a, a like a little commercial once about improv people just saying, hey, let me get a suggestion of a geographical uh, location and, and a relationship. And everybody in the audience shouting out, balls, penis, balls, penis. Because that's what happens at a lot of improv shows. Like it literally does, along with good suggestions. But we got the suggestion of the Virginia Tech shooting. And we were always kind of different than some of the other groups. We would embrace anything. We would go with anything. We took it, and we did a scene where the stage ended up with somebody in the middle fake hanging themselves and, like, everybody else on stage just dead. On the, I mean, it was the most insensitive improv scene you've ever seen in your life. But we yeah. went with it because, you know, it was experimental comedy at the time. So I, I am not – I am in no way sensitive <laughs> to that, but – I, I do think from a strategic point of view, depending on if, if libertarian candidates want to win, and if you're running as libertarian, man, I wouldn't want to be asked that question. I, I, I tell you that. Go, well, I wouldn't want to be a libertarian, spot, but I, I, I get it. I, 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 that, that party. Titles, man. I really hate titles <laughs> and labels, man. As soon as we accept a title or a label that the media and politicians describe us as, we become those labels. Yeah, Because people argue and fight not with us, not with our individual unique perspectives and views. They argue with a stereotype of whatever that label is that has been propagated by the media. So we're not even talking or listening to each other. And that's the problem with these labels. There's no conversation being had. The person might as well not even be there. So I reject all those labels personally. And the fact is that when we are given a label and we adopt that label and we embrace it, the nuances of our opinion and our beliefs and our, our point of view, they start to fade away and they start to become more of what that label is because we are constantly engaged in this tribal warfare defending our position. And when we do yep. that, all nuance is gone. So I reject all of those labels. I, I support any type of comedy, no matter how raunchy it is. I, I don't care. Uh, I'm all for it. That that wasn't even we'd done fifteen minutes already, and that wasn't even <laughs> the beginning of the show that we were going to talk about at all. But 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 I've been wanting to talk about that, and I've been waiting to talk about it with you because I knew that you would have an opinion on it. Because I saw that emerge on Twitter, I was like, "Wow, the only time libertarians get attention is when a really uh, a, a tweet about Meghan McCain." And the fact is, the more radical tr tweets, the more radical comments, they always get the attention. So we're training the entire population. We wonder why Gen is it Gen Z who is the younger? I get Gen yeah, they're Z, the younger Gen ones. X. Yeah, we wonder why they're effing insane and they're narcissistic always doing these these videos and because we've trained them to be that way we've trained them that the way to survive in society is to be an absolute lunatic on social media to get as much attention in this attention economy as possible so it's our fault it's the older generation's fault not not their yeah, it's honestly dude it's tough like if you're surrounded by screens from the day that you are born I can imagine that's just like cutting off a, uh, an arm if, you, if you're separated from it. Have you seen videos of, of children and younger kids when they've gotten their screens taken away? Some of them I yeah. think are probably fake, but some of them seem pretty – I mean they lose their effing mind, dude. My, 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 favorite, my favorite one, which maybe I'll find so we can watch it in the XR, is this one. And I know, I know it's freaking – staged but it's so good because it looks so real <laughs> yeah. like it looks like some stuff i've seen crazy people do uh but the guy tries to shove a uh he's so so mad that he tries to shove a, a remote control up his butt i mean he's not he's not naked so it's not like 
pornographic or anything like that. But right, it's like, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense because I that, I know people I, like that. You know what is t- like that? The scary thing is that even though that was a joke, that's probably actually happened. Somebody's probably gotten so mad that they've shoved whatever their nearest object is up their backs, up their prison wallet. Yep. Out of anger, obviously regretted it later when they're at the hospital. But people lose their mind. So there's a comment here I thought was funny. Sir Tim of Tunnels says that Cam will shed no tears at Sean Aston's passing. It's I, true. I would agree with it's that. You, you might ride that motorcycle to his wake. <laughs> Let me ask you though about the Queen. Um, do you think that the Queen chastised or thanked Jeffrey Epstein in his dealings with Prince Andrew? This afternoon, when she saw him, or you know, no. So you're. I had just had a similar thought. I was like, maybe the queen is actually on an island with Jeffrey Epstein right now. Maybe that's she's that's still one, alive. That's one way to read my joke. Yeah, well, I, I, had, I have that. Like I wrote that down. I was like, what if the queen? She's actually there. But but yes, uh, I, I don't know. I'm sure she's met Jeffrey Epstein. She's knighted Jimmy Seville well, twice. <laughs> my my joke is that they're both in the same place after death right now hell is what you're yes what you're yes that place yes, that one yes, that one yes, yes, um but uh, it, I, would, I did want to mention a tweet though that was absolutely wild um i saw it retweeted there was a guy at bird the banana on august 1st he bird tweeted um me and the boys after successfully murdering the uh, murdering queen elizabeth ii on the 8th of september 2022 and it was a there's a gif of a character from Jimmy Neutron dancing. And <laughs> fantastic. Wow. What a call on that guy. But right. he was like, if anyone's looking at this, we didn't plan anything. This was just a joke. I'm not in a cult. <laughs> I'm not in a crime organization. Dude, and I'm telling you, that's actually, I had a thought about that, about, you know, even though she's 96, some of the conversation around it that I've seen has kind of made it seem like it was shocking and, and not like people weren't expecting it. I, like I said, well, it's like the queen uh, has seemed to, like she's been 96 since the day I was born. And yeah. I, I am often surprised at how perky or jubilant that she seems, whether it's a, maybe it's a, a body double. I, I don't know, but I'm start. I, I, I was getting the sense. I was like, are they going to try and pin this death on somebody? Yeah. I don't know, but here's here's the deal. It's the same thing um, with uh, Betty White. I still think really that's the hot. most She's really sexy. I, th- I still think it's like so darkly hilarious that people. I think it was People Magazine did a whole spread and a whole conversation with her about what it's like making it to a hundred and all she of that. Uh, oh yeah, they, she died before. Or, or, like yeah, are they rep- before right. she turned a hundred? Right, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, incredible. I forgot she was dead until you said that. <laughs> I, I like, I was like about this, like, when's she gonna do a new Snickers commercial? But I just, I completely forgot she was dead. But yeah, they put that out that she died. It was Betty White, amazing, was, yeah, amazing she, she timing. Right, these people, they have, they live to be really old. They have access to a lot of stuff that a lot of people, like Edward Bernays. Yes, Edward Bernays, and he. The thing about Edward Bernays is the older that he got, the more he made videos of him saying the word titillating. So, yes. And I'm serious. He actually did that, and it's disgusting. But I do want right. to go back and talk about the Queen okay. for a couple of minutes. And this is all 
that we're I really want to talk about it is a few minutes today because we're going to hear about it for like the next six months. Yes. After, well, yeah. There is something someone told me, and I can't remember who. I'm going to try to find the video. But uh, they were talking about how not that long ago, with the beginning of the COVID stuff, that Prince Charles had, or King Charles the Third, or whatever it is now, uh, actually talked King about Charles, how yeah. COVID was a great tool for the elites to use to change things. You know, I don't know if that's true, maybe, but if they I, have I the have video, quote, I have a quote from him that I'm going to tell you in a second. But the the guy is very much a a, a you know a proponent of, of everything that the Great Reset is. Which is interesting that he's going to be taking power, and I'm, I'm sure the queen was as well. It's not like the queen was a, uh, uh, you know, individualistic that was like a ma- the queen wasn't wearing a MAGA hat. The queen wasn't an election denier. There's no doubt about <laughs> that. How funny would it be if but she Trump was, was like, I love the queen. She's beautiful. Yeah, he, had, he had a very nice statement about her. So it is. I do wonder how long we're going to hear about this because they did like everybody over there took like a week off and they did like a four or five day parade honoring Jimmy Seville when he died. I'm assuming this is before the police made public his, the, the revelation about his rape dungeon in, in, in his place. I'm assuming the public didn't know about that when it happened. But if they give this guy four days, everybody takes a week off, there's no telling how long this is going to be dominating the media with the oh, Queen. Because, we, because we're obsessed with them, apparently. We are obsessed with the royals for some reason. What a stupid thing to be obsessed with. It really is. Um, it's so ridiculous. Being an American, I mean, imagine being American, our our history as getting away from England and their the <laughs> right, bad no, kings just, and being like, oh, I love the royal family right, but we're so much. By, by the card, it's like the Kardashians. It's the way that they they well, portray. And that's how kind of we view them over here. And maybe Pete Davidson will start having an affair with Meghan Markle, and we can just bring all of it together. Right. Well, I mean, Whatever. really, if you think about it. Um, you know, this whole like uh, Americans loving the queen thing um, or the the royals is kind of like if you were in, a Mexican in Mexico and uh, after, you know, 100 years, uh, 200 years of um, cartel control, uh, you just love you, 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 you know, you move to somewhere else, you move to Texas and you just love the cartels. Right, just think, love yeah. the cartels. Like it's 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 equivalent, and it's uh, yeah, it's silly. Like, what's the difference sometimes? And well, and and that's the thing. It's like the the royals don't really have any direct power, even though I think that if they wanted right. it, they could take it in a moment. So, right, and that's what that I did want to talk about is the power that they do hold because there's going to be a new new person taking over. It's been yep. seventy years that seventy queen, years. Yes, yeah, nineteen fifty two is when she wow. became queen, and, and they celebrated her seventieth anniversary of being queen. Of on the the th- what, the Iron Throne is that what they call it in Game of Thrones? Is sitting on that throne, and now we have. This guy coming in, let me find that quote of what he said at a climate change conference. Okay, so at this is King Charles III at COP26 climate conferences last year. This was in Scotland, and he said he warned leaders that they must adopt a warlike footing to deal with the global threat of climate change and biodiversity. And w- did I not put pull the whole quote? I didn't pull the whole quote, but but he he had a, a he gave a speech and he talked about the importance of climate change and how it is a war. And that has been his issue that he has championed for a long, long time. And now this is a person who is 
king or going to be king. I don't know how it works if he's officially king now. Or I know he hasn't been. Yeah, he's he's king, but there's going to be a coronation. Yeah, it's what's it called? The uh, Br- Operation Bridge Down or London Bridge Down, something like that. It's like three <laughs> London Bridge has fallen. Yes, no, it is. It, it, that's how. That's what's related to. There's three operations. One of them is related to London Bridge is falling. There's two others. I can't remember what they are off the top of my mind. But so you have this guy in power now who has been an outspoken advocate, an aggressive advocate for the climate change, you know, great reset agenda for a long time. And I believe it was her husband, the Queen of England, who said he wanted to come back as a virus to infect the population, to, you know, decrease the population because of population control type stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see if he takes what is been seen as symbolic power and uses it as literal power because the fact is they do have power if they want to exercise it. They have been only exercising it symbolically, but legally they actually can exercise power. They just don't do it because they are fighting the perception war. They're winning the battle of getting as the public to like them so that they don't have a revolt. So if you start just doing these ridiculous dictator-like actions, then the public could revolt. And and so they haven't done that. But here are some of the things that that they can legally do. I have a list here. And if there's people here who are experts on the the crown and know more about this, I I, I just researching this today. Yeah. Or Australians in here. Whoever. (laughs) So like the first thing, that's the first thing that popped into my mind when she died. It was like, okay, so what is the real power uh, of being king or queen of England? And I know that it was always talked about, well, she was just a symbolic figure. And I always was a little bit, I don't know that I buy that all the way. Maybe, uh, but I don't know that I buy that, that they neutralized some of her power. And I was curious with a new person coming in, what can this person do if they wanted to do? And Again, this is newly researched stuff. If you guys know more about it, please correct me. I'm actually trying to learn about this because I am interested because this is obviously a world stage event. I think they probably actually planned her death. Now, maybe she was in on planning her death. I I don't know, but the timing of it fits perfectly with the Great Reset because there's this like this renewing going on around the world. We see Biden, he's too old and and he's going to be replaced by somebody younger. The queen replaced by somebody younger. The Pope is going to talk about stepping down. We see fit. We see old people around the world are being displaced by the, I can't remember what's it called. The, the young developers or something that Klaus Schwab calls it, where he goes and indoctrinates people. They, they give them activist training. Then they put them in political races and stuff like that. I see that going on around the world world. Go ahead. You're about to say something. Oh, no. Uh, I, I lost it. Go ahead. Sorry. Man, if I, if I had a dollar for every time that I lost a thought, <laughs> I'd have a lot of dollars is what I would have. Um, All right. So the power of the mind. This, this is just some of the powers allegedly. Now, again, I haven't completely like double, triple verified all this stuff, but the queen or the king, they, have, they can legally take custody of their own chil- of their grandchildren, which was interesting. Wild. This, Right, it goes back to King George I. He ruled in the 1700s, the early 1700s, and it's never been changed, the law. He enacted this law because he had a poor relationship with his son, uh, which was King George II, the future King George II. So he passed a law that meant that the king was the guardian of his grandchildren, which I find that interesting because of the conflict with Meghan Markle and which one, Harry is her husband, and their grandchildren. 
and all of the allegations going back and forth. So I find that to be an interesting thing there. And another one is that the queen has, has, and the king has sovereign immunity, which means they are literally above the law. They talk about Trump being above the law. They are, the king or queen is literally above the law and apparently can commit any crime and not be charged for it. Now, they don't want to just do that publicly because the public would revolt. Every ruler, even dictators, especially in this day and age, they have to have the favor, the the mandate, or at least the perception of a mandate from the majority of the population. So if the majority of the public, this is why they keep us divided all the time. This is why the divide and rule tactic is their go-to tactic. Because if we stopped fighting with each other, looked at each other and said, hey, we're both being conned, all three of us, however many groups there are, and then we said, it's them they're afraid of us, which is why they put all this BS on us. That is what they fear the most. And that makes sense to me there. The whole, yeah, they're not, so there's a little bit of protection that they don't want the public to revolt, but they can't be convicted of a crime, which is kind of scary. It's everything they say Trump is, the, the queen and the king of England are, apparently, yeah. above the law. Yeah. So hey, let me, I just want to bring, so in the middle of this, I tweeted because I am a multitasker. Um, and I will use my harsh, horrible language. Okay, so prepare, prepare your ears. Okay, um, I tweeted the idea that I have to call Prince Charles King Charles now is gay, and I won't do it. And <laughs> the, my only comment so far is gay. Hello, find another <laughs> term. Um, I'm sorry. I would I would use another find word another here, term? but this is the I have another term, but I can't say it on. Is it the this F version? Word? Yes. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, a derivation of it, yes. If somebody gets offended by that tweet, and that is really, that kind of illustrates the problem with society is that anyone actually is offended by that. Now, I don't know who right? that person is. If they're an activist, it just goes around. So they train activists to to see, it's the AOC thing. It's anytime somebody says something derogatory to you, you say, oh, you just want me to date you. Sorry. Don't be violent. It's that type of reaction. You just project that into everything. So maybe that's an activist just doing that where they're trained to do that. Or maybe that's people who have really kind of been indoctrinated to be being. We, we live in a society where we're indoctrinating younger people. that They will succeed in life by being the most offended at the most possible things all the time. Yeah. And, and well, I mean, it, well, and this is the thing. The person I looked at their bio. I won't say who it is. If you want to find it, you can find it. But. Uh, the bio uh, legitimately says committed conservative. So I'm like, that's funny, dude. What? You can't believe any of that anymore. They're like, it's everybody pretends to be the opposite to try and make the opposite look bad. So, so everything is a false flag at this point, and nothing has brought that out more in social media. Sir Tim of Tunnel says that uh, the king and queen of England is talking about, they also own all of the swans in England. That's That's true. And I think, it might even be whales right? within five miles of the ocean. So I think five miles of all of the ocean waters uh, that connect to the land, they own like all the whales and swans, and they also can confiscate any ship that comes within that territory for the sake of the crown. And they are also, they are exempt, the king or queen, from Freedom of Information Act request. Not act, they don't have the Freedom of Information Act request, but they have Freedom but they're of equivalent. Information. Yes, and they're exempt from that, so they don't have to reveal anything that they're doing. And it's like what we do here, except we pretend to do the opposite, kind of. And the people of Britain, and again, I am not an expert in this, so I want people to correct me where I'm wrong. 
are apparently they're not actually like free citizens. There's a subject of the monarch, meaning that she has the power or, or the king has the power to arrest anyone for anything they want and seize their property for the sake of the crown. And that's just a, a small list of powers that they actually do have if they wanted to use them. They just haven't used them historically, but they can know like they legally can according to the way things work over there apparently. So I wonder if this whole symbolic idea, because I've seen so much in the news today, oh, the symbolic power, the, it's just symbolic, but it's not. It, it's been used as symbolic power. It's been used for persuasion, for winning the public, but it can be used in other ways. And I wonder if we're going to see other ways used. And I also wonder how long King, is it Charles? What's his name again? Uh, King Chuck. Yeah. King, yeah. I was wondering, King Chuck, call him King Chuck. That'd be great. King Chuck the third. If he's really going to be in power very long, he is aligned with that climate agenda. So yes, that does serve the whole great reset very well, but they do seem to be wanting to replace older people with younger faces, presenting the same messages in more energetic ways. And I wonder, he's 73 years old. He's no spring chicken. How long he's going to be there. And, and obviously the, the first in line to the throne now is not, not the son, not Meghan Markle's wife, but the other son, not very, yes, William. Prince William is now first in line to the throne, and he's 40, so he would be younger. He would definitely not be as young as the queen was when she took over. She was in her early 20s, or mid-20s. How, how, she was 96, so she must have been, she must have been 26 when she, when she took the throne. Very young to be the queen of anything. And I wonder if, honestly, how, I think that we will see a King William sooner than later. Yeah. And it King wouldn't, Billy. It, yes. It wouldn't surprise me if we actually saw, what is his son's name? Let me find uh, Prince George. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw a Prince George who's nine years old a lot sooner than we expect. Before yeah. he is fully through puberty. Because yeah. you can control really old people who might have had medical conditions, and we see that with Joe Biden, probably with the Queen, and you can control kids. I'm thinking of the show Vikings right now. They have the kid who, who I don't know if you've seen Vikings, but there's like a kid king who everybody's fighting and killing each other to try and be the, the mentor of because they know they control the kid, they control uh, the realm. And, and honestly, dude, it wouldn't surprise me if they went all the way down. I would definitely have somebody testing my food. I would get increased security. Yeah. I'd be vetting all of them for all of these people because people are going to be after them. Yeah. Um, so I, I did want to go over the line of su succession yeah, because it's yeah. so weird. So Charles... How do we get Meghan is, Markle in? That, that's all I wanted. Can we well, get I mean, her in? I think she just needs to have a, an operation to become a man and she'll be king immediately. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so it goes from Charles to William. After William, it would go to um, His other Prince kid, right? George. Yeah. If George wasn't in the running... Uh, Princess Charlotte. And how, how pissed off is, is William's brother, is Harry, right? with all the children he's having, just pushing his line of secession back more and more? Yeah, so then, yeah, so then after that, uh, Prince Louis, and then Prince Harry, which I thought he had abdicated it, like, all of that. So I don't know why he's on this list. I thought he had... 
It's all show, man. Yeah, he's but, a propagandist okay. over here. And, and he had that, to establish himself over here because he knew he was so far away from the crown. After that, so a literal baby uh, called Master Archie. Dude. <laughs> it, have you seen... So did you ever watch Game of Thrones? I, I didn't yeah. really watch Game of Thrones. I, I, so here's how I watched Game of Thrones. I heard my friends talk about it for years and years, and then the final season came up, and I binge-watched it. So I, I had a different perception of it than everybody else I, I didn't think it was that great i thought it was okay at times and i didn't like love it or go crazy or, or start larping and dressing like a um, a night king or whatever like everybody uh, else why did. not right so I, I i did i have been watching the spinoff to that which is the the dragon show what's it house called of the dragon house of the dragon and the, the thing that stands out to me the most spoiler alert if you want to take a minute i'm not going to give real plot details but just some things that really stuck out to me which does kind of line up with some of the stuff going on in the other show, is in the first or second episode, they try and get the king to marry what they say is a 12-year-old, but obviously looks like an 8-year-old. And he's like courting her. And it's like a 50-year-old guy walking arm in arm with what is obviously a child, pre-puberty, looks like she's 8 or 9 years old. And he's uncomfortable about it. And everybody's trying to get him to marry her. And he won't do it. And so then we go, we fast forward to the next episode. There's like a time jump and stuff. Again, spoilers. And they're trying to marry off the king's daughter. And the suggestion is, because the king has just had a son who is two, and the suggestion is if you really want to control things, the smart move to do politically is to have your, I don't know how old she is. She looks like she's like 18 on the show. Have your young daughter marry your two-year-old son. So we started off trying to get a king to marry a 12-year-old who looked like she was nine, and then we get an 18-year-old looking girl, maybe even younger than that, to, to marry like a two-year-old. What, what's next here? H how young can we go in oh. these arranged ancestral marriages? <laughs> well, I will say, after Master Archie the baby, there's a picture. There's not even a picture of this person, number seven, uh, and it's, I, I guess, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know right. if Markle's pregnant or if it's... Uh, Kate again, or who? I don't know. Well, it wouldn't be Kate. Someone's pregnant. I don't know who. Um, but the next one is uh, Miss Lilibet. It looks like she's not been born yet. But right after bit. that. Is that like, like a future child? We've already named our future right. child. We're not pregnant or expecting. Yeah, we I don't know. We went ahead named our future heir. What is Mountbatten Windsor? Who is that? Mount, that sounds Mountbatten Windsor sounds like a, a brothel. In you know a very a dirty part of, of the UK. Mountain I guess that's all of their Mountain. stuff. Uh, wait, so okay, Harry and Meghan. Okay, that's uh, Meghan Markle's pregnant. That's what it is. But is eight, pregnant? eight is the um the uh, pedophile Prince Prince Andrew. I saw that. Yeah, I saw the <laughs> Prince Andrew is still on that list there. Which that's a stain on. There's a lot of things that are stain on Queen Elizabeth's legacy and. Can you blame her for all of that? I, I don't think you can, you know, she can shoulder the blame of all of that. Is she a, a lizard person, kind of like the, or a vampire? Kind no, of she's like a the, werewolf. The lizard tongue that you have on the image, on the background <laughs> here. I've always thought maybe she was 400 years old. Uh, again, I'm not trying to mock her, her death, because I, I, it's it's sad. Even if you're a bad person, it, it's sad when people you care about die. So um, I don't want to, I don't want to get too deep well, into mocking all that. I will yes, say, I agree. It's like, it's going to be, I think it's going to be crazy and chaotic. What happens, honestly, I right. think it's I all going to be nuts. I think you're going to see a similar reaction in England and in places where uh, they love the queen. You're going to see the, the similar yeah. reaction as in, um, 
uh, November 1963 when uh, President, Kennedy? what's his name? Oh, didn't be John. Kennedy was killed. Kennedy, yeah. Because, I mean, people talk about that. And, it, and it's like, right. you know, I, I'll be honest with you. If Joe yeah. Biden was killed tomorrow, it wouldn't be like I would, Kennedy. Right. He wouldn't have that reaction. But on yeah, top of that, MAGA Republicans is what they would do. But even on top of that, I, I, I wouldn't care. Like, I mean, it's that's sad, right. but I wouldn't like, I wouldn't be crying. I wouldn't yeah. be. So he's not a symbolic figure the way that Kennedy was and the way that the queen is. Right. And so I think I, it's going to, you know, the, the emotion is going to be high for sure. And they're going to be talking about it forever. I right. guarantee you there will be a movie um, in a within a year and a half. There's going to be some TV show within six months. Like it's going to be wild. But, I mean, uh, I heard that Meghan Markle was seen kind of sneaking away from the scene of the the death with, with some like weird, um, you know, liquid covered cloth. I, I don't know what was on it, but there's just a story there that you know I, maybe she was involved on. Okay, but that 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 is that's already the conflict is there because Meghan Markle and uh, her husband, but have been openly calling the royals racist, like a lot lately. She's been like on a campaign to call them racist. And a lot of people don't know this, and I didn't know this, but Meghan Markle was part of like a, a global youth initiative, which is like a World Economic Forum thing where they get all the young people, they indoctrinate them, and they send them around the planet to go do their bidding for them. She spoke at a conference this past week. It was like a global something. It was another World Economic Forum thing. Yep. One of those things. I don't remember the exact name of it, but she spoke at it, and during her little speech, she mentioned how... The first time she was there was 2014. And I said, 2014 was the first time she... That's strange, because that's before she was dating the prince and while she was still doing... At that point in time, Meghan Markle had like the same amount of IMDb credits that I have. Like, literally. <laughs> like, she was not a big movie star or television star. She, she did a couple bit roles, then she did this on, on Suits, and for some reason, in the middle of all of that, her, her father worked in lighting and design. He, so, when both people's parents, when, when somebody's, both their parents have Wikipedia pages, you typically find some sort of weird deep state history, and that is what you find with her. But, the fact that she got invited to this and she spoke at this event, this global World Economic Forum-like event for young people in 2014, she's been a plant all along. I mean, it has been in the design to get her paired with the prince for a long time, longer than, than I think that, that I even expected, that others even expected. And I do wonder where all of this is going to go because she's been creating so much drama, so much conflict, and they know how old the queen is. Like, they know this is stressful. So there's going to be conversations about the stress caused, who's to blame. And I think if the media, because this is the challenge the media faces, the media, we have the midterm elections coming up, and they have committed wholeheartedly to this election-denying MAGA, Trump, Republican, evil devils ah, are, are trying to take over the country narrative. However, they have to balance that. They can't just give all the attention to the queen. They, and we've seen this today. We've seen all of the coverage of the queen peppered with a little bit of Trump is evil coverage going on all day because they have to maintain that balance. And it would really work great for them if they could just somehow pin the death of the queen on an election, quote, denying MAGA Republican and climate change, maybe. The queen was killed by disinformation spread by a Trump-supporting candidate for the Secretary of State of Wyoming or something like that. That would really wrap things up for them. 
because we're going to see an interesting balance, but the Meghan Markle thing is going to be a major part of the story, and I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm, uh, I'm, you've inspired a tweet, and so I'll ask your opinion. Um, the queen was killed by monarchy deniers or... Election deniers. <laughs> or the queen was killed by succession deniers. I think monarchy deniers works better. I like monarchy deniers. There we go. Bingo, bingo, bongo. It's out there. I, I just, it's just, so if this were any other circumstance and Meghan Markle were in any way not supportive of the agenda in the, in the media, then the questions would immediately be, did the stress caused by Meghan Markle lead to the, the death of the queen? And I'm actually a little surprised that somebody hasn't brought that up yet. And I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm just saying that that is an easy, low-hanging fruit for the media to grasp on and pin the blame on. But then it turns around, Meghan Markle says, look at the racist UK media, which she's been doing anyway. So it becomes this battle. I am interested to see where all of this goes. And I'm interested to see what powers the new king actually does embody and how long he is going to be there. I, I don't want anything to happen, but this is all seems like a changing of the guard around the world. There are things happening that if we had a bird's eye view of and weren't living in the middle of, I think we would just see a real, this, these are the moments, these past months and years of drastic change in the world. Again, I don't think the world economic forum is going to win all of this because we are growing more to distrust and dislike them. And I'm going to continue reemphasizing this because I refuse to allow people to get demoralized by all of this. They have a tall task of ahead of them. Yeah, we are rejecting um, them globally. Here's, here's the thing, though. I agree with you, and I think it's interesting that I did hear that the pope is thinking about stepping down, which uh, the, the previous pope, Benedict, was the first pope to ever do that. So right. them doing it in succession like that is yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. Starting to um, but uh, that's interesting. And, you know, I think that you, I think you're going to get the swap out uh, for Kamala within the next year or so. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, just that. look at it. I, I think uh, Boris Johnson is out now. Who's going to replace him? Like, what, what are we going to get? Who are we getting? Um, well, I think they're going to yeah. make the shift not to Gen X, but to millennials. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. they're shooting for. I believe that, and that would fit with the prince, who who is yeah. now first in line for succession. He he uh, is yeah. a millennial. He's, I think he's that an older millennial, but yeah, you can, yeah, you can't really you can you, millennials. I don't know how old Kamala Harris is, but I think she's she she's definitely like Gen X. 60. Yeah, she's but she looks. or boomer, whatever. Um, but I you know I think that since it takes so much and you have to be so old to be president, that's a harder one to pull off. Because no one's going to want a thirty-seven-year-old president. That that would be very funny. I, I used to have the, I had this sketch idea a long time ago about uh, a young president who he was just very skilled at campaigning and stuff, but all he ever really wanted to be was a stand-up comedian. So he would host open mic nights at the White House that would just get busted up by Secret Service, pounding the hell out of uh, out of you know penniless broke stand-up comedians. That's about as far as I got with that sketch. But because I, I, the skill sets are actually similar. Not to uh, go too too far on a tangent here, but you said something that leads me into the next story here, which actually we can do this as the next story. I was going to well, save this to the end, but about Barack Obama and Michelle yeah. Obama. I think Michelle Obama could be a candidate. I thought she might run in the previous election, but they showed up to the, the White House because they had this unveiling of these paintings of the president. See, 
Trump didn't bring them in to do this. This is apparently a tradition, I guess, I, I, where they bring in previous presidents and they unveil the paintings of them and they have a little ceremony. Trump didn't do that. And so they did this now. And Joe got up and he introduced them. And then Michelle and Barack came up and gave little 10-minute speeches about things. And, and I thought they were interesting. Barack, by the way, fantastic orator. I mean, he's great. It, it, seeing him give a speech, because I'm not used to haven't seen it in a while, he is very good at it. He, his timing is impeccable. It, he, like, I give him credit for that skill. I don't like Barack Obama at all, but he is a fantastic orator. Also, Michelle Obama is. Michelle Obama would be a fantastic candidate for Democrats. And that's why I thought this little speech that she gave was interesting because of how awkward and strange that it was. And I want to show you some clips from her speech. Did you see the, the pictures of her, by the way, the paintings? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the paintings now because I thought that that was a joke because I remember that, that weird painting that Obama had unveiled a couple of years ago where he was in front of like a bush or something and they were talking about how great it was and then yeah. someone took it and just made it a bunch of drones behind him instead of bushes and I was like, <laughs> put that one up. Yeah, I, I wish they would have gotten George this Bush is, to, to paint I, Michelle Obama, by the way. That would have been the perfect painter for Michelle Obama. I hate Obama's painting. His his new painting? Yeah, I hate it. I don't like it either. It's weird looking. It's It, it looks like – you remember a decade or more ago when they'd have those uh, Apple commercials, Mac versus PC? I'm a yeah. Mac. I'm a PC. Yeah. Just in a white room. It, it it's so sterile and it's so that's what yeah that's what it feels like Ooh, something creepy about now, that his i don't is, know his is like a bad headshot or, or a bad high school photo with uh the, it just doesn't now hers makes her hers makes her look look like her but like a di it makes it look like what was it called Un uncanny valley where a yeah. robot gets all the way it looks so so close to being a human but there's just something about it that yeah. is not human that you can't put your finger on. I think that's what they call Uncanny Valley. That's what her image looks like to me. And let me put this up on screen here. All right, here, here it is. Of course. All right. This is, they're going to show, you'll see the images here in a second because I, I put their images, the paintings, in between the, the clips here. Yeah. This is Michelle giving her little introduction here. And what stood out to me is the way that she entered or, or says thank you to President Biden and Jill. She kind of chokes it out. Why? But well, real quick, why the heck does the first lady get a portrait? She's because, so like, low, I I not, understand. Not, not historically, do they not do that historically? I they don't know. No, yeah. I mean, I understand like doing That's every one one for every president, but like, why would she get one? I know if that. They, I mean, with her, they really they tried do it, and 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 that's what they do. That's fine, but that's a great question. I I didn't even I'm gonna, consider that. I do. I'm going to cool that, yeah. but. I do think it is if it's not the normal way of things, I'm not surprised by that because they tried to, especially in Love her, um, his administration, make the first lady be a job rather than just the wife of the president who does right. some stuff. Right. Like Hillary Clinton tried to do that at first. And, and right, you know, yeah. the people, no one liked it, but this was their transformative moment making it a job. So. Uh, absolutely. And so that gives her the reputation to build upon if she wants to run. Michelle Obama, if I'm a Democrat, I, that is who I would get. If if Joe, if they're not going to have Joe run. Michelle Obama is a, a, a good orator. 
She's very good. She was a lawyer. She has the training. She's, she's smart. She's be, she'd be somebody that they could rally people around. Joe just seems like a crazy old man at this point, and they have to fabricate any real like supporter enthusiasm around him. Michelle Obama would be kind of Michelle Obama is what Stacey Abrams uh, always wants to be, in, in my opinion. Here is her little thank you to Joe and uh, his wife, which I think kind of highlights the conflict between them, in my opinion. And of course, thank you to Joe and Jill, President. Biden and uh, First Lady Jill Biden. <laughs> I, I want to take that back. That yeah. was not a, a thank you so much. That was a oh my gosh, my little underlings. Wow, I can't believe you have this power that I once. Had. That's what I took away from that. Did, did you see that there? Or am I am I imagining things? Well, I mean, it, it did sound like she was uncomfortable calling that. them that right, because like, in, totally. in, in, and let's be honest like the freaking um you know that video with obama and um stephen colbert from several years ago about how would you run for a third term if you could if you could and he was like i, I wouldn't run for a third third term it's uh unconstitutional uh but he was like you know if i could uh have a have a hearing piece in someone's ear and uh tell them what to say uh I could do it in my pajamas. Absolutely, dude. And you're going to see some of that reflected in, in these statements. Here. I'm just I, I, saying. Yeah, yeah. no, you're, you're dead on. And my Obama's Jack, not good, though. I'm sorry. No, Obama's not a good guy. He's a good speaker. No, no <laughs> I'm saying my Obama guy. impression is not good. Oh, well, it's uh, Jack Burton says she also has a penis. Jack, I, I'm gonna, <laughs> you're going to see a photo in a second. Big Mike. Yeah. That might that I love. I love when people share that photo. But I want to play this again. Just to sh look at just how difficult it is for her to actually call her or Jill first lady. It's, it's very hard for her. And of course, thank you to Joe and Jill, President Biden and uh, first lady Jill Biden. <laughs> I mean, that's insulting. I'd be yeah. insulted if I were Jill Biden, by the way. I mean, that's kind of like, oh my gosh, my, my idiot child actually made it. I can't believe this stupid idiot did. That's what that comes off to me as. Maybe I'm reading into it, but I would have been a little insulted there. I would. Thank you for Thank you so inviting us back. This means so much to us. Um, we were saying at lunch that the girls uh, have lived in this house longer than they've lived anywhere. Um, and so this, as out of a home as this can be, as wonderful it can, as it can be, it is, uh, it is a special place because we raised our girls here. And it means so much to come back. Okay, so there's the images, by the way, the paintings. So I see uh, in the chats here, certain of Tunnels and Jack are talking about the golden, uh, the, the curtain back there. Some definitely intentional. They do, they are very, they have these set designers and they are very aware of what they're projecting. So okay, so like, real quick, uh, first lady portraits are a thing. I just have never heard of them before. I, I hadn't either. Yeah, not yeah. like this anyway. But... That sounded like someone, the way she spoke about her children growing up there, to me, that sounded like someone who has their eye on moving back into this place. Yeah. That's what it came off to me as. This was, a, this was our well, home. We want to even that, like, yeah. Even if it's not like she has her eye on moving back, I think that these two people view the White House as, as theirs. Dangerous. Absolutely. They they own it. This okay. is theirs for the rest of their lives. This is theirs. This is their children. Their children were raised here. That's a I good think, way to put it. 
because that because is I, the tone they give off. I mean, because I, I don't know if she'll run. I don't know if she'll do any of that. I, I don't think she, I honestly don't think she'd win. Um, off the top of my she, head, she might win the the primary, the Democrat. Yeah, primary, she might win. A, I don't. Yeah, but I, I think that that's that's really the the oomph behind it is these people believe this is their house. Yeah, that's. And, I think that's a great way to put that. And that Joe is Biden the, is just renting it. Yeah, you nailed the tone of it. it is is there? They have taken over their house, and well, I can't believe my underlings have taken over. And, and this is where our children grew up. And, and this image of Barack here, the painting, the fact that this is a painting, it, it's extraordinary. It looks like a photo. It's a painting, but. Was he standing out in 95-degree sun, like directly under the sun? <laughs> I mean, this looks like a badly lit, uh, not medium shot, a little more than a medium shot in a movie. Because I've been in some some films where they're independent films, and the lighting, they didn't have the best lighting people. And I, there's one in particular that I'm thinking of where, uh, one, first of all, I got bit by a mosquito shortly before... <laughs> We filmed the scene, and a, and it put a giant yeah. knot on my head. And then they they put the the reflector. They it's oftentimes when you're filming a medium shot, there's a reflector right up underneath you, so it can be weird to kind of have all that underneath you. And, it, and they're trying to reflect the sun in a certain way. And this particular one was not doing it well, and it was reflecting the sun directly onto me. So the actual footage just showed this bright spotlight onto my head, as though I were like standing five feet underneath the sun. And that's not at all what, what the scene was intending to do. And that's kind of what Barack Obama's painting looks like here. Is Why is there a light? Just so it's too heavy. It's too harsh. But it's also strategic. So it's not an accident. And I always wonder, like, what well, are they trying to project here? Okay, so looking at it, I said it looked sterile. Yeah, it does. Um, but I think, uh, especially post-COVID, when you're looking at this, um, first off, sterile is preferred. By a lot of people right now, sterile is safe. Yeah, um, no babies. You'll be go to California. They love sterile people, right? But if you look at it, look at his background. I think it's important to point out that it is white. Why's it got to be white? It's white as snow because he is pure. He is sterile in that way. He's right. pure. Yeah. He, he is. Look like, he looks like good. an overdressed doctor. This is. This is. Um, the only thing they could do to make this, I, I, I don't know why, and you know, I'll have to think about this and maybe I'll have more thoughts on it tomorrow. But yeah. looking at this picture, the only thing that could make this more messianic in its, in its uh, delivery and its, um, what's the word? Um, whatever, how, how they did it <laughs> would be if he was wearing a crown of thorns. <laughs> Like well, this is, I, I think that if, what you're looking at is 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 heavy symbolism. I mean, look at his tie, as compared yeah. to his suit. Look at the white back. I, yeah. This is he's got the American flag there, and it seems like it's out of focus too. And that just might be the picture I downloaded, so I, I can't do that all on the. the I'm just saying, line. man. I think you're this, right, though. I, I think it is. It's easy to forget sometimes, but all of this stuff, especially when they put so much attention on it is very strategic and, and, it, and it's intended to be propagandistic, to have a symbolic impact on people. I mean, you look at Michelle over here and I, I just glanced at it briefly and my first thought came to my head is communist China imagery when it comes to what she's sitting on. Mm. But also the thought popped in my head of, this is not a good painting of Obama. Mm -hmm. Why would they allow this to be the 
the picture that they put in the White House, uh, you know, representing him next to his, his, his wife here. Now, the painting of his wife looks like she's trying to seduce and have sex with whoever's doing the painting. It looks like she's saying, you come over here and I'm going to dominate you sexually. I mean, I, I'm being honest. That's what that looks like to me. And Barack, in his speech, he even said, uh, 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 the painter did a great job of, of conveying uh, uh, Michelle's uh, grace, Michelle's whatever, and, and the fact that she's, she, she's fine. Okay. And, and that, that is, she's got the, was Michelle sitting there with her dress over her? If you're just listening to this, Michelle is sitting in a blue dress with one arm propped up on what looks like, if you're at a, if you're at a bar, like a classy bar, like a jazz bar, and you got your arm propped up on the booth there, and you're leaning back, and, and you have your shoulder strap hanging down, not up, but it's revealing that shoulder, and you're looking at the musician or somebody across the bar like, come over here right now, and it's going to be your lucky night. That, that's what Michelle Obama is portraying in this image right here, in my opinion, and Barack even reflected that in a statement of it. Why would you make one look like that and then the other look like this, like you said, sterile, like I was talking about, overlit, just not a flattering image of Barack. I mean, Barack's, Barack's a good-looking guy, especially for his age. For, for a former president, Barack is the best-looking former president who is still living. I, I, I have no I, problem saying that. And they made him look like he was sweating underneath a heat lamp, wanting to get out of there. And one reason that they might possibly do that, I'm speculating here, is that they're setting it up to draw people in to Michelle. You make Michelle look alluring like the one that she's already got that platform. So why not go ahead? Because they have this intersectionality agenda that these two promote. Why not use these paintings to help promote those agendas moving forward? Because they focus, I think, way too much attention on this. That's what really struck me is, who cares? They've done this for all presidents, all former presidents. Why now is this such a big event? It felt like it was because over, yeah. Trump didn't do it. Of course, right. And, and right. there's some clips that you're going to hear um, about that. So. Let, I, I, I want to give a clean quote. Power bottom. <laughs> Yeah, I want to give a clean quote because what I meant is uh, when you look at the technique, that's the word technique. I do think it's portraying as messianic. I want you, if if you, uh, yeah, anyone yeah. who's listening or watching has a chance, take a look at this painting. You can go to whitehousehistory.org and look at the presidential portraits. Every single one of them, aside from this one, every single one has a background and every background has certain symbolism that shows you who the president may be, right. um, or you know, it, it, at least it has a background. But there, there, there seems to always be some sort of um, character to it, like who he is. Yeah. But this, this cocky uh, Mister Falcon here is the only one who's blank, which tells me it's weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the exception of the the closest may be John F. Kennedy, but it wasn't blank. It was a, just a very stylized portrait, but. I think what he's telling us through this and what the, the painter was telling us is one, I do think it's to show his purity as if he's messianic. I think it's to show um, how, you know, look at the look on his face. It's that smug. I can take care of anything um, situation. Dude, I'm telling you, when you hear some of these, these clips I'm about to play for you, they, they project that they project that we did all this, not you Biden. right. And I think, I think finally, um, what it shows me with no background whatsoever. Uh, this is different than even John Kennedy's, um, but 
it it what it shows me is that he's the story here. Not the office, not America, no flags, no Capitol buildings. Barack Obama is the story. Not Dude, that, that's a good interpretation. So it, it's interesting because people like art critics get paid to give the type of analysis that you just gave us there. But if you were to go give that type of analysis, then you would probably be screamed out of an art gallery for, for treason. <laughs> yeah. But well, it's, a, I mean, it's a good analysis. And, and there's some comments here too uh, that I didn't even think, I didn't even see this. Who said it about the strap? Uh, Milburn. Okay. So Milburn said that the, the left arm has no strap. I, I did not even notice that. I, I mean, great, Great call there. I did not even see that. So the image or the painting, the the strap for her right arm is down like she's trying to seduce you, and there is no strap on the left arm. It's just, were, were they painting from a dress that she was wearing? Or Do you know why? It's imaginative because that, that would be an interesting dress to wear. Here's Here's the deal, I think, with this. Is one, if you look at this photo, they're trying to soften this woman. Because no one sees her as soft, right? Divert attention from the penis. Right. They're, they're trying to make her look soft. They're trying to, I mean, th this gives you like 50s era traditional wife. Uh, uh, dude, it makes, her look, it makes her look hot. It makes her look good. Well, yeah. They're trying to make her more feminine, more attractive. Um, but as for the arm, this makes perfect sense because I don't know if you remember this, but from, you know, 2008 even to today, but for at least the longevity of, Obama's tenure in office, the one thing that everyone always complimented Michelle Obama on, always talked about, were her arms. Her shoulders, her, her mass. She could do like 30 pull-ups straight in like under 30 seconds. Yeah, but her, her arms were always the, the, the thing that was like the most um, important part of her, the most the sexiest part, the thing that everyone was jealous of. So her showing at least one full arm perfect, makes perfect sense. To me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that they underdid her arms too, because I think her arms and shoulders are actually more muscular than that from what I remember. Jack Burton, just he um, he typed in the chat here, power bottom. I, I, can, <laughs> I can see that definitely with one of the two anyway. And then Sir Tim of Tunnel says, because I want my president with a come hither stare. I do. I mean, yeah, just I, I would love it. I want to see Trump in that exact same dress, that exact same seating. The strap over the shoulder, giving the exact same come hither stare. That that's what I want Trump's painting to be, and I I, I my I popped into my head. What about Trump? Is Trump having his painting, or was there a painting for Trump? I, I guess they won't do that. I, I don't know how all the painting stuff works, but you're right. This is some symbolism, some crazy stuff here. I, I'm going to play the the rest of this clip, and uh, I can't remember which one this is, but let's see what she has to say. God, and of course, to Vice President Harris, and I love to say this, second gentleman, Imhoff. Let's say it again, second gentleman. You're doing a great job. All right, so now I know why I brought that one in. I'm going to start that one over. She's so excited about second gentleman, Imhoff. So excited. Barack doesn't want to be the first second gentleman. What, what an, yep. uh, what an uh, emasculating thing to be. What a, uh, you know, uh, a power bottom-like thing, it's quoting from the chats here. Well, he doesn't want to be the be. first gentleman either. First, first gentleman. Well, right, but yeah, that's what I mean. Doesn't want to be the first one so somebody gets it out of the way for him. And she's so, she, she look how, look at that smile on her face. She is super happy about that. He is super apprehensive about it. I mean, the looks on their faces right now are opposite. O Obama's like, mother effer. I don't want to be called the first gentleman. 
And she's like, look, somebody else is doing a great job as first gentleman, which this is the most arranged marriage that you've ever seen in your life. If you look oh. into the history of Kamala and, and Emoff, it, I it, forgot. it's such a fraud, such a fraud. And, and now Barack would not have to be the first one to take that. So he wouldn't have to be the, the, the cuck, the first cuck or whatever. First cuck. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I forgot. I, I actually have a copy of Donald Trump's presidential portrait here. Do you want to see it? Do you want to see it? Is, yeah. Is this going to be the real one or am I going to see something? No, it's, it's the real one. I have, no, I, no, I, I ordered you have a copy. At your house. You keep it there at your place. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's for decoration. Let's um, see it. I'd love to see it. Side. All right. Cam's going back to go get the portrait of Donald Trump that he has. And here it is. Let me, it, it, it looks like uh, a Rambo, a Trump a Rambo with Trump's head on it. Which I and it has Trump across it. I love that photo because I actually have the exact same photo of Rambo with my face on it from when I was like 11 years old when I went to, uh, I think it was, it was either it was Disneyland in California. So I have that exact same photo with my Classy. face. I don't have a flag like that. Hey. But that would be hilarious if that were Trump's painting. It's <laughs> that, the funniest freaking flag I've ever seen in my yeah, life. And I, I, I had painting. to buy it. It's great. That's awesome. So this is just a telling image to me. Michelle is ex super excited about uh, Emoff's. Like this is the thing she's most excited about is the first gentleman role. While Barack is so apprehensive, I'll let her finish. Second gentleman, <laughs> you're doing a great. I mean, look at Barack. He's not happy about that. I, I, for those listening, you have to go watch this video, and I, I'll link it in the the description. I don't know if you guys can see that on your app, but I'll link it in megaphone on the description. Barack is not happy about this. Michelle is thrilled over it. Emoff, let's say it again. Second gentleman, you're doing a great job. <laughs> what, but what has he done is a great job. Okay, so here, so for those who are, who are just listening, I put I put images in between the video clips, and I thought I would put up the famous image of Michelle Obama where she's waving in like a greenish dress and there's like a, a clear bulge around the waistline. And then people always like to put arrows pointing at it as though we don't recognize the bulge around her waistline. Say, it, it looks like a penis. I, I don't know what it is. I honestly, as funny as it is to, to talk about her maybe being a man, I don't think she's a man, personally. Yeah, not I anymore. I think it's hilarious, <laughs> that conversation, but I don't think she's a man. Hmm. Not anymore, is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. There are stories about Barack Obama. I actually lived in Chicago when Barack was a senator there, and, and there are still stories. I think it's Larry something. He he does all these. He went to church with Obama, and his whole story is that he was in a gay relationship with Obama, and there's actually two other people who were, were allegedly gay who died or were killed f from that church, and that's what this guy claims anyway. And he says he used to do drugs and have a sexual relationship with Obama, and he's got some pictures of the two of them hanging out. I don't know how true it is. All oh, I, know I remember is that. He never talks about it. They never talk about it, and the guy has been putting a story out there for years. Was that the guy I, who told the story about the lim he was in a limo or something? Yes. And yes. Okay. That's the guy. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but there's there used to be videos of that. Yes, Larry Sinclair, sir. Tim of Tunnels. Thank you. It used to be on YouTube. I, I don't think know the, if it is anymore. I think the other one. I what was his name? Um, Mihoff. Uh, Jack was the other guy's name. Yeah. Yes, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that full name down there. I got the got that little reference there. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me though. It's not like that. It, it is 
something that's new. So you've probably seen House of Cards, right? You've seen at least a few episodes of House of Cards, or you're aware of it anyway. Yeah, I've watched up until Kevin Spacey was gone. Right, and then Kevin Spacey went on to do his Christmas videos where he played the God. same character and creeped everybody out. What a what a crazy guy. God. But part of that story, I remember they interviewed Clinton, and Clinton was like, yeah, that was like 99% of it's true. It's all, most of it's true. And, and part of the storylines was it'd just be all this political stuff going on. Then randomly, one night, uh, Spacey would be like, hey, random intern, come in. And him and his wife would seduce and have a three-way with like a random intern. And so, like, this... Oh, in the show? Yes. This weirdness with sexuality and stuff like that in politics, it's not anything new. So it actually wouldn't surprise me if if that were the case. We we, uh, Jack here says, if she ain't a man, that's the biggest fupa I've seen since college. (laughs) Right. I I, I can't explain what's going on with her dress here. I I really can't explain it. I, I don't know... The if there's been Photoshop going on, does I, I don't know what that is. I don't know if she's hiding a gun there or if maybe she's just really hung. I have no idea. But my, I, I am gonna if I had to put money on it, I'd say she is not a man. But I'm also wouldn't be surprised if I was wrong. And I just I just love this image because people always put the arrows pointing to the crotch. It just makes me laugh, man. I can see it. You don't have to point it out. I can see it without the arrow. And this was like the least detailed most of them have arrows and circles and like penis written with exclamation point on the photo i'm like okay i get it you don't have to to spell it out for me but it's funny to me all right so now (laughs) we'll go into here the rest of what michelle has to say here after this picture growing up on euclid avenue mommy um i never could have imagined that any of this would be part of my story um but even if it's all still a bit awkward for me. I do recognize why moments like these are important, uh, why all of this is absolutely necessary. It's not. Uh, Traditions like this matter, not just for those of us who hold these positions. So you see where this is going, right? Traditions like this matter. But for everyone participating in and watching our democracy, you see the people, they make their voices heard with their vote. Um, we hold an inauguration to ensure a peaceful transition of power. Oh. Those of us lucky enough to serve work, as Barack said, as hard as we can for as long as we can, as long as the people choose to keep us here. I love how she said as hard as, as choose to keep us here. Emphasize it. Yeah, she's talking about the the people who elect them choose to keep them there in office, and you leave when you're no longer supported by those people. This is a clear shot at Trump in the transition of power that she's making here. And once our time is up, we move on, and all that remains in this hallowed place are our good oh. efforts and these portraits, uh, portraits that connect our history to the present day. Where I'm literally trying to have sex with the people looking at the portrait is what she needs to say right there. I am, I am, I, I, it, oh. Anytime they use the words hallowed or sacred in uh, relation to any of this stuff, oh, it drives, oh, that, mm. yeah, dude. Uh, so but, that, yeah, totally. Go here's my question for you, real quick. Um, do you think? That when it comes time, which I don't know when that will be or when it's uh, traditionally, uh, they're going to fall back on this tradition and do Trump's portrait? Or are they not? I I think if it goes the way they want it to, they won't. 
I, I think the scenario would have to be that Trump wins and becomes president Nixon again. Nixon has and then, he, then he does it for himself. Dude, yeah. You know, that would be hilarious. Maybe get a, If they really want to take the trolling all the way, they get a really good Trump impersonator, like that guy who got kicked off of SNL, who was never on SNL. Uh, Shane, oh, Gillis. Shane Gillis. And then they put the then they put the first Asian cast member ever who is like literally the least funny person that you've ever seen in your life. It's just terrible. But he does a good Trump impersonation, Gillis does. So they bring in Gillis and then they have Trump. And, and then they have Gillis doing that. I, I wanna I wanna present the that that would just be the ultimate troll and hilarious if he were to get into office there. So I'm going to say no, unless Trump is president again, I'm going to say they do not do that because the whole idea is that he is an authoritarian who is trying to destroy democracy and they can't have that in the White House, not even a, a painting of it. But it's just wild to me because they're making this this huge. He's what? Can you hear me now? My yeah, I can hear you. Thing keeps messing up. Sorry. Um, I think it's really interesting that they're going to say all of this, stand up on pomp and circumstance, stand up on on the moral high ground of keeping tradition. And you know, they're going to become the most obvious hypocrites in the the next couple of years. You're not totally Trump. They're totally full of it. And what I got from her speech here, at least it felt to me like she was delivering the message Biden is delivering, but in a more indirect way, that isn't as aggressive, that is more acceptable to a broader range of people. And she's more likable than Biden. People don't see her as a joke like they see Biden as a joke. I think what we're witnessing here is the threat to Biden's presidency speaking right before him. And we even saw her choke out the, uh, thank you, President or Vice President Jill. I mean, she can't even say it. She wants to be back there. They look at look at Barack. Barack is so apprehensive this whole time. I think it's probably because of the first gentleman thing. I, I honestly think that that's some of what's going on here with the psychology of this. But I think we are seeing the precursors of a presidential run in 2024 with Michelle Obama, and she's showing that she can do a better job of delivering this message than Biden can right in front of Biden's face. And I honestly, I think I don't think Biden's going to be the one running against her, though. I think Biden's going to be she, gone for that. She is much more likable. Totally, Kamala. I think if Absolutely. if they if they primary Kamala, she's not going to win because she she couldn't win the last one, and no one likes her any more than they did she's before. She's the worst. Um, I think that if they tried that Liz Cheney nonsense that I I said would be uh, an interesting move for, on their part if they did the <laughs> yeah, uh, they, I just uh, rival might have her run, but I, I just don't rival ticket. Totally. I'm saying I'm not saying that they're going to do it. I'm saying it would be smart. If they did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you run, so they can raise so much money too. So they, these two have a deal. These, I think they still have a deal with Netflix. It's like a $20 million deal. They had a deal with another network. Obama and Michelle both have podcasts. I think Obama does a podcast with Bruce Springsteen. And I don't know who Michelle does a podcast with, but they rarely do them. And yet they get all this money and fundraising for them. These people are cash hoarding fundraising machines because of their likability and their actions or whatever, their positions, their beliefs, whatever. I don't agree with them. But when it comes to the ability to organize, mobilize, and raise money, these two people, Michelle and Barack Obama, are as good as it gets. They're very good at it, and they would be wasting an opportunity to not bring Michelle in. Barack seems to me to be a little bit apprehensive to be referred to as a first gentleman, but he's just going to have to accept that. 
And yeah. I've never seen a sexier woman with a penis than Michelle Obama. And I think she's got a lot going for her because of, of all of that. Because so what? What if, let's say, it might even get to a point in this country where it would be advantageous for her to say, you know what? All of the pictures with the arrows are right. I do have a penis. And that's why you should elect me as president. That's where we are in this country. And, First and, transgender and, president. I'm being, you know, sarcastic and exaggerating, but but not not really. So... Okay, so that everything we just did was intended to get us to the first 10 minutes of the show since we're at an hour and 20 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're going to go ahead and take the rest, and we're not going to do as long in the DMBXR, but we will finish these clips in the DMBXR. And I had a story that I'll, I want to share with you, Cam. Let me find it that I think that you'll find interesting. It, it is a story about the craziest Guinness Book of World Records. I like to throw in something that's a little bit fun to break up the monotony of all the dark, yeah. crazy stuff we're going on. And I've always thought, man, I bet there's some weird Guinness Book of World Records. So I started doing oh, some yeah. research, and, and I want to bring some of those to you guys. So we'll do that in the subscriber-only portion of the show, the DNB XR. And you can get access to that content by going to patreon.com slash report or propreport.locals.com. Uh, yeah, or, or rockfin.com slash propaganda report. That's where you can get access to all that content. And I also take out the ads for those listening on your RSS feed on whatever podcast platform you listen to. You're probably going to hear some ads. I remove all of the ads for the Patreon subscribers. There's obviously no ads here. And I remove them all for the local subscribers as well. So check that out. And now let's go ahead and move on to that DNB XR. Again, you can find the propaganda report drive time news blast podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to podcast on. Tell your friends about it if you like the show leave us a five-star review leave us a message that warms my heart because i gotta tell you the motivation the kind things whatever it's so important it helps us it's it's it can be tough to do this stuff and hearing uh kind things from you guys is so helpful and i appreciate all the wonderful things you guys said and the support you've given i appreciate you cam very much i'm in a love fest right now thank you guys so much we'll talk to you next time have a fantastic rest of your day 